Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Centered, Committed, Confident. I'm Cody Rogers. And I'm Regan Erickson. I'm Hannah Erickson. And this podcast is all about helping you center your life on Christ, commit yourself to discipleship, and become more confident in the Word of God. Today, we are, well, we're doing two things, actually. We are continuing our discussion from question number six last week of how can we glorify God. We're going to be spending most of the episode talking about uh, the practicalities of how we can glorify God, what it looks like in the life of the believer, how we can live that out, how we live based on having a sincere conviction that we should glorify Him. But I wanted to take a minute and just take a, a breath and answer a question I got um, this last week from one of our listeners. I told you, if you ask us questions, we will stop and we will have a conversation about it. And this one is related to the New City Catechism, so I thought we would just throw it into one of these episodes. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's it's sort of a a review question, um, but I think it is important, and I think we can never it never hurts to clarify something we've talked about. So they were telling me that as they were listening, they didn't really... Uh, walk away from the first episode having a good understanding of what's the point of a catechism, like why would we learn it or use it, you know? Um, And so I just want to revisit that real quick. We can always say some of the things we said before, but I want to bring more clarity to it. So when we're we're trying to answer the question on the street, right, if someone Mm -hmm. comes up to you Thursday night and asks you, so why are you guys going through a catechism? Um, instead of just referring them to an episode, what are you trying to say to them in the moment as to why it's important to you or why you think it's important for everybody to learn or at least evaluate a catechism? Yeah, I think at the heart of it is that it is a great tool to be able to deepen your understanding of our faith and also a tool to be able to defend our faith, that the questions that are asked are foundational questions to what Christianity is. And it's so important, especially in this day and age, for us to have a good answer and not just an answer that sounds good, but one that is um, from scripture itself. And so by learning a catechism, you're learning an answer to you to defend your faith and your belief. And it's also giving you all the scripture references that you need. So you can also be pointing to the word and saying, this is where this answer is found. I didn't just make it up, but here's the biblical foundation and then having that answer to those questions that we probably will get asked in our lifetime. So part of it is a defense of the faith. Mm-hmm. That'd be like to summarize a chunk of what you said. Why should we learn a catechism? It makes it easier to defend your faith mm-hmm. because you will have yep. answers to the questions that not only you are asking, but others are asking yeah. of you. Great. I agree. There's, and I think it's great for taking, I mean, there's just so much in scripture and you can take all these different principles and, you know, truths and rules or, you know, just what we find in scripture and it, it it's reduced down to a concise answer. So it just really helps give you a springboard um, to make a really clear statement to take into the depths of scripture when you go there with it. So it helps you defend your faith and it aids your personal study. Mm-hmm. Yes. That'd, be, that'd be how you would describe what you just said. Yeah. It aids your personal study. Um, and this also goes a little bit off what Hannah said, but the sort of the third category and the one that I sort of led with when I answered this question was, what's the importance of memorizing Scripture? Well, for me, the importance of memorizing Scripture, as Scripture says, is to hide it in your heart. And the idea is that if I have 60 verses memorized, I I don't have all 60 verses floating around in my brain at once, right? Like I don't wake mm-hmm. up in the morning and just recite all 60 verses before I put my feet on the ground out of the bed, right? The idea is that when something happens in life, 
I have verses that are hidden within me that remind me of God's truths and, and I can rely on. And just as the importance of having a scripture memorized is to remember a truth about God, so is the idea of having an answer to a catechism memorized. And this plays a little bit on what Hannah was saying, the idea that an answer to the catechism is actually a lot of scriptures put together. It's, a, it's not just a one scripture, it's a theology, it's a mm-hmm. doctrine, it's a belief on God. And so if you have these memorized, when you start having conversations about hope, your mm-hmm. brain, if you're memorizing what is our only hope in life and death, um, that we are not our own but belong to Christ is the answer, that when you think of the word hope, your mind connects to the fact that you belong to Christ and that you have a full biblical understanding of of those things or enough of one to provide you hope, to provide your study, to mm-hmm. defend the faith, you know, all those things. So it's almost like a souped-up version of memorizing Scripture. It's like... Yeah, uh, to memorizing scripture and almost memorizing theology, you know, in, in a way that's yeah, I like that. so. So I don't know how I'd put that in one sentence, but I'd say if it's to defend your faith, if it's to deepen your study, it would be to um, maybe deepen your conviction or um, to provide hope in times of trial, maybe, or st- strengthen your faith strengthen your endurance maybe would be a good way to put it like mm. your perseverance and yeah, maybe that's it defend your faith deepen your study and strengthen your perseverance i'd have one more to add on to that yeah. i think and this is the heart of any time you're studying the word or anything about god is that it should be leading us to worship and i think that the catechism should be a means of leading us to worship um yeah with, with everything that we're learning about god it should take us there you're not going to get a complaint from the worship pastor on, <laughs> on leading us to worship. But yeah, um, which also actually ties into getting back into our question today. Mm-hmm. So uh, listener, um, hopefully you heard that and it, it helps. Man, it was, it was really good. Um, and we'll try to make sure we come back to things like that. But an encouragement yeah. to all of you listeners, if you have a question, ask us. We want to answer them and we want to do it in a way that's um, not only glorifying to the Lord, but helps you worship him more yeah it's fun it was fun to get a question it is and it means that people are listening so it does all right so back to our topic from last week and even sort of intimately tied into what we were just talking about the question was how can we glorify god we spent last episode talking about the first two questions of our structure that we've been going through we've talked about what the world says about how to glorify god we talked about what scripture says we went through the answer that's found in the new city catechism but we didn't really spend too much time talking about what that practically looks like in your life. Um, there's lots of ways we could tackle this, and we could, uh, we're very much dedicating a whole episode to this. Uh, let's start with putting ourselves in the place of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, you know, let's, um, for the most part, we have college aged people, 18 to 25. Most of them are not married. Most of them are in college or in transition, right? So for, for a moment, just like strip away the fact that you're married, strip away, you know, the fact that you've already obtained your degree or that you're settled in your career, and let's get back into their mindset and think, all right, if I'm in this stage of life, how can I glorify God with the decisions I'm making and what I'm doing? Anybody want to start? Yeah, so what I think is one of the most 
influential things that you can do to help yourself get in a position where you can glorify the Lord is to create consistency in your life. We're often, especially in like the college environment, you've got things going, class schedules are different every day, hanging out with friends randomly, stuff like that. So if you'll intentionally set aside time to be in the word, um, doesn't have to be at a certain time of the day, but to be in the word on a daily basis, I would encourage a consistent time of the day. So you're, you've got to set time for that and just getting indwelt with the word of God, um, trying to make it really intentional time and not a time of just checking a checkbox. That's the big key here. And I'm not saying this is like easy to do, yeah. but like being really intentional in your time with the word so that like we talked about a little bit earlier where you kind of have the word of God resting on your heart that will help influence your life and shaping the orientation of your heart to glorify the Lord. So you're saying if I were to ask, well, how does reading the word glorify God? Mm-hmm. You're saying it's because it shapes you to look yes. more like God and to desire God more. Yes. That's sort of, yeah. And it's, it's distinctly different than like, I get caught in this myself um, often where I'm just reading to get the reading done. And that's not what I'm talking about. That's what like is a constant battle, at least in my life is being intentionally in the word, seeking out what his character is, what is, what his, yeah. you know, what makes him worthy of glory. And it's all over scripture. Yeah. So one way that we can glorify God is by being in the word and by being intentional. You're saying like setting up certain times. If you want to hear more about that listener, um, we have a few episodes on how to read the Bible mm-hmm. a bit further back in our catalog. You can go check those out. We talk about everything from choosing a Bible to how to spend time in it, to how to create I think we have an episode on the beauty of routine. Yep. Um, some of those, the Ericsons were with us. Some of them I was flying solo or, or brought in a few people. So uh, give those a listen if you want to get more in depth into studying the word. And if you have any follow-ups to that, ask a question. We'd love to answer We'd it. love it. All right. So one way that we can glorify God is by not only reading his word, but by being intentional in reading his word so that it shapes our hearts and minds and souls to look more like him and to want to glorify him. That's a good answer. What are other ways that... God can be glorified in their lives. I forgot how to word what I'm thinking here. So when I think about glorifying God, I think sometimes we want to overcomplicate it. Like we have to move halfway across the world or we have to do some big, grand, elaborate thing. And maybe that is what God is asking you to do. But so much of this is just seeing where are you at in life? Like what classes are you going to? What clubs are you involved in? What is already part of your daily routine? And how can you be doing that for God's glory? How can you be developing relationships in those places in order to make him known? How can you love the people around you? Maybe it's living in the dorms for a couple extra years instead of moving off campus so that you have more influence to the people that are around you and you're coming in contact with more people who need to know about Jesus. Maybe it's um, having people from your club over for a game night so that you can be building relationships for the glory of God. I think that so much of this is looking around and what is already part of our life and how can we give that over to the Lord um, in a way that truly all things that we're doing are for his glory and I think with that, like we'll find like this answer to the catechism that we are enjoying God in our classes and we are enjoying God in our dorms and we are trusting God um, in our workplaces and with our neighbors and all those things will start to come, kind of fall into place. But we have to start where we're at and then build on from there. Yeah, so evaluate our daily decisions and relationships 
um, with the constant, ever-present view of the ultimate purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? So the ultimate purpose is to glorify God by making disciples, to fulfill the Great Commission, to bring others to know Him, um, right? you know, the greatest commandment, to love God and then love others as yourself. So what I think what you're saying, Hannah, is every decision daily can be made with that in the in the view yeah. at all times. Yeah. And that that is often the greatest way to glorify the Lord is by determining, all right, I'm I'm at a season in my life where I'm choosing where to live. Mm-hmm. I'm signing up for housing mm-hmm. and I have the decision between going to live in an apartment off campus by myself and going to live in the dorms for another year. Mm-hmm. And you're saying the way to glorify him would be to ask which one allows me to fulfill the mission of glorifying him by making yeah. disciples better. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yes, yeah, it's a beautiful answer. Um, and it's hard. Like, I don't want to downplay that decision. I would much rather live away from humans and just be by myself, but that isn't what God has called us to. And I think so often for me in college, I chose the easy thing over, um, the path that included the most discipleship and the most um, really God-glorifying things. And I wish I could go back and redo some things and to make those decisions based more off of which way can I do the most for the kingdom, you know, and which way can I glorify God the most? And so which one makes me more comfortable? Which one makes it looks more like what I want my life to look like at this stage? And so... If I could go back, I think I would do some things differently in college. That's good. It's, you know, can, can you choose where to live for the glory of God? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can you choose what to eat for the glory of God? Yes, you yeah. can. Can mm-hmm. you choose to take a campus meal plan versus cooking alone in your apartment? Mm-hmm. You very much could. Right now, follow the Lord's conviction in that. And, and you know, there, we're also called to be good stewards of money. I mean, yeah. there's lots of things. But uh, if you are faithful to ask the Lord to guide you, he will be faithful to answer you because he wants you to fulfill his commandments and commission, right? Like the Lord doesn't want you to live in sin and doesn't want you to live in disobedience. Like that's not his purpose for you. And so if you are faithful to ask him, he will be faithful to answer because he wants your sanctification. That's Mm -hmm. his will for your life is your sanctification. Like it says in first Thessalonians. So that's really good. Um, I would add, so Regent said the word, you know, Hannah said um, essentially our, our daily choices and, and, um, things with the purpose in mind, I'd add uh, repentance. You know, yeah. I just yeah. want to keep on coming back to mm. like the Lord is glorified in man being humble, submitting and repenting. Um, having a routine of repentance is key to glorifying the Lord because it puts him in the proper place in your life as on the throne, the Lord of all, the savior of you and puts you in your proper place as one who understands um, you uh, are broken and and we're sinful and um, and we are still people who are not of the world but we live in the world and you know we say like when when you are when you come to Christ you are a saint now but mm-hmm. um, you went from being a sinner to a saint with a capacity for sin and and so often times that repentance is what brings you back to the Lord it corrects your life um, it glorifies Him because He's receiving all the honor and glory for his holiness and your lack of it. Um, and it's one that we tend to neglect a lot because we think the best way to glorify the Lord is just making the good decisions rather than yeah. repenting of the bad decisions. That's good. I like that a lot. So repentance, anything else? I mean, those are three, I don't want to say catch-alls. Those are three big buckets for sure. Yeah. I think too, a lot of this, 
Silas is here if you can't hear him. Yeah, we have a baby in the studio. He sounds cute. He has thoughts. He is cute. He, 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 he doesn't just sound cute, Cody. He looks cuter he cute. than he sounds even. Um, But I think a lot of this is founded in prayer. And we would say this about yeah. all things, but I just think, keep thinking about um, there have been times in my life where I honestly don't want to glorify God that much. Like I want what's what I want and my own selfish desires. And so for me in those times, so much of what I need to be doing in addition to repenting is asking God to give me a desire to glorify him. Yeah. And it makes me think of um, in the gospels, there's a man that brings his son to Jesus and um, his son demon possessed. And um, Jesus says something along the lines of, if you believe anything is possible. Right. And the father says, I believe help my unbelief. And I think that's where I find myself so often is like, God, I want to glorify you. Help me have a desire to glorify you. Like I want to be an obedient disciple and I want to be um, actively growing your kingdom, but my heart isn't always there. And so help me grow a heart that desires to glorify you, that desires to make the hard choice if that is what you're calling me to and that that would be my top priority because it isn't naturally because of our sinful flesh. And so I think we always have to start um, especially in the times where it all just feels so impossible to just continue to ask God to develop it in our hearts and that let him d- to do that work in us. The work of sanctification is not within your own power. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. And Hannah's saying you need to pray and you need to rely on that in order to actually glorify the Lord yeah. it, within our own strength. The most we can, as it says in scripture as well, within our own strength, the most we can do is still just dirty rags to the Lord. You know, we can't. Um, and I just want to make sure I'm throwing in scripture, right? I don't want to just have a podcast about the Bible and not <laughs> talk about it. Uh, essentially, a large verse for this would be 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. That's showing that even the most basics of life can be for the glory of God if you think about it correctly and if you are purposely trying to do it for the glory. So uh, I want to make sure we at least had that. Oh, yeah. you know, we're well, not, what's we're not scriptureless here. What's the Deuteronomy passage too, about where you wake and you walk and you yeah, run and you off, sleep. Like Deuteronomy 6. Yeah. And you're always like dwelling on the Lord's same type of concept there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hannah said Deuteronomy 6, by the way, you were like slightly off the mic. So oh, you sound like... Deuteronomy 6. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. Deuteronomy <laughs> 6. Good. Um, I think those are all really good buckets. Do you have more to add, Regent? I just feel like I have to say this one because I saw this so often and it was in, in for me too. Um, not Don't just go to church, but be known at church. Um, all these things we've talked about are things that the church is designed by the Lord, set in place by the Lord to help you with. Um, but it's, you know, it's you can just go on a Sunday, disappear, and then go live your college life outside of it. Be known at church, and that's only going to help you with all of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about it just a few weeks ago at college ministry, um, about like why we gather. And, um, one of the things we're going to be doing this summer, sneak peek, peek, sneak peek (laughs) for those of you that are listening, uh, our summer study is going to be on habits of grace. It's going to be on the essentials of Christian living. And one of the reasons I love the book so much that we're going to be going over is the fact that it equates, um, fellowship and belonging to the people of God as important as, prayer and scripture reading, right? Like, yeah, it's so good. Knowing God, having his ear and being part of his body are like essentials. Um, we talk about it here at our church, you know, with, we, we have these practices, these four practices of what makes for a healthy disciple. Um, 
growing in groups is one of them. Um, serving in ministry is one of them. Abiding in Christ is one of them. And the last one is, um, is worshiping in church. You know, that's like that makes for a healthy disciple and a healthy disciple is a disciple that glorifies the Lord. So good. Um, I, you know, I don't think there's much to add in terms of any other stage of life, you know, like if you're married, it's still the same thing, right? Uh, like a hundred percent be married for the glory of God. Yeah. And if you're single, be single for the glory of God. Um, and I, let's throw that out there just real quick. M- married people are married for the glory of God because of how they interact with one another, how they spur one another on, how they encourage one another into holiness and into greater ministry. But single people have a great gift and a great advantage of being super flexible, super able to serve in unique, uh, amazing ways that married people cannot. And so you can be single for the glory of God and it's a gift to you. Like it's like your singleness, whether it's permanent or temporary Mm -hmm. is a gift to be able to serve in an amazing way that a lot of married people who have other obligations that they also have to glorify the Lord and Lord in, um, they can't do. So I just want to encourage you there too, that, um, all the, like there are advantages either way, but, um, certainly for my singles out there, don't be discouraging yourself. Like, well, how can I glorify the Lord if I haven't even fulfilled my life's purpose you know, stuff like that. So I'd, I've had that conversation recently. So mm. just want to make sure we hit that up. Hannah, do you have anything to add to that? You look Sounds like good. you. Okay. I was going to say, I didn't know if you had something to say or not. So um, Regent, anything to add for no, today? I like it. Good. If you have specifics, feel free to reach out. We'd love to talk to you about it. Super excited. Next week, we will continue on with our next question. Question number seven, which seven out of, you know, we're, we haven't even, we're not even a fifth of the way through yet, <laughs> no, we're not. but we got some good ones. We're actually going to be grouping some up as we come together soon. The ones really hitting the, like the, the 10 commandments, we'll sort of group them up, do a little mini series, um, and sort of bounce between those. So get ready for that. If you're looking ahead, those are coming up pretty quickly. So make sure, yeah, make sure you, you listen through those. Um, I also just want to add a quick thank you to anyone that reached out to me about the passing of my father. Really appreciate it. Love you guys for that. And I appreciate, um, just being a part of the body, which is what Regent said, right? Being a part of the church, Mm -hmm. being known and knowing others. So just wanted to say thank you. I love you for that. Um, and I thank you for showing your love to me. I think that's it for this week. So just know we love you. We're praying for you. We'll see you next time.